What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Dr. Demiso Josie, and this is the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this particular episode. We sit down with new member, Ms. Jamie Roberts, and we have a discussion with my daughter, who makes an appearance um, about some of the things that she has going on and how she prepares for school. So sit back and enjoy. Um, I would teach them how to advocate for themselves in those last 24 hours, how to speak up for themselves if they see something right, if they see something wrong, if something's not working out for them. Speaking up for yourself is a big thing, and I don't think that we don't, we, we cover that enough in the classroom. Classroom. It's the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, hosted by Demiso Josie and Mr. Kareem Spence. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. All right, welcome to the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso Josie alongside... Spence is here. Mr. Petty. Absolutely. It was nice to meet your family. Yes. And um, um, I'm, I don't think they know how petty you are. I think that they have a, a consensus of how things are going to start going differently mm. now that I'm here. We got to get your family on, like, um, and I want them to go in on you, like, really, really go in on Like, the family I met when we went to Atlantic City was on the rooftop. That's, that's, that's who I need on the podcast so the world can really need my brother know. and my sister. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I heard some stories on there oh, that could be listen. great material for this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Listen, my family is full of characters. And if you get enough wine in them, all kind of stories will start to come out. So It's sort of like uh, an RA show, you know, and he <laughs> has his show. He brings on all these stories to start coming out. And um, But, yeah, my, my family is, is unique. It's mm-hmm. fun. Um, and, and just like my, my cousin said, we, we always got each other's back. Mm-hmm. Right, we're all going different. Unique. I mean, I, I'm always at all because my family on my side is real small, and like we tried to have a family reunion. It was mm-hmm. in West Philly, middle of summer. Mm-hmm. And there was no air conditioning. The cheese melted. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm going home. That's <laughs> right. You but, got frustrated. Somebody. So I'm always in all with people that have big families. Like mm-hmm. my wife has a big family that have cousins she doesn't know and haven't mm-hmm. met. Um, so what I try to do with our kids is that you me and my brothers we do a cousins reunion. So we okay. get all the kids to get together and they um, you know spend some time because mm-hmm. they will know that their cousins. are. even my daughter has cousins. She probably hasn't mm-hmm. met at this point, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. My family is really, really small. So anytime that I see families get together and mm-hmm. you know embrace each other and support each other, it's kind of foreign to me a little bit. Well, here's the thing is that it, it's so many of them that I'm on the other side of the hotel. Mm-hmm. They actually bought out the entire first floor mm-hmm. the other wing. Mm-hmm. They knew you was petty. You put, put him back there. <laughs> put him on his uh, D side. <laughs> section. I'm even surprised they even found the room how far they had to walk again. <laughs> that is funny. So, um, so yeah, it's good. We're down here um, in a double tree. We're mm-hmm. in Jersey. Keeping it local. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, live at the barbecue part, too. So, um, But we have a special, special guest on this one. Yes. Uh, she's a little shy. She's pretending to be shy anyway. She, she was nervous. And she's small. Yeah. <laughs> small ain't the word. <laughs> uh, somebody that I work with and she mm-hmm. went to another building came back and um, probably one of the best teachers yeah, that I've good. had an opportunity to, to work up. with and she um, so we definitely appreciate you being on here Miss Roberts how are you I'm good Welcome. Thank you. you don't have your shirt on. I don't. She, she is now part of the empowerment perspective. I mean, she gave us so much information for our trip down to Atlanta. Mm. We didn't use it, but just know that you gave us a whole lot of information. So what was it that you shared with me? The stuff. What was it called? The All of the different types of English uh, hyperbole, idioms. Yes. You use that? 
We didn't have an opportunity. <laughs> we ran out of time. We ran out of time. Um, we could have easily like, figurative language. Figurative language. Yes. So yes, um, yeah, he pulled up actually. We used a little bit of, because um, when I put the lyrics and stuff mm. up there, we were mm-hmm. getting to that point, um, and then, of course, we ran out of time. But um, there's so much that we could talk about on how to, to reach and teach um, specific populations and in, in, in schools and things. What are some of the things that you do in your classroom to try to, let's say, no, let's go this way. The first days of school is about to come. Like, mm-hmm. What are some of the first things that you attempt to do? The most important thing for me to do the first few days of school is talk to the students and figure out what they like to do, how they like to learn in the classroom. Mm. Are you a hands-on learner? Are you an auditory learner? Do you like to move around the classroom when you learn? And then once I figure out how they see themselves, that's how I build my school year. Mm. Got you, got you. One of the things we talked about, and actually Kareem came up with a great question for our presentation is, if you had 24 hours Mm. left, and to, to teach, mm-hmm. and that was it. And that was your last 24 hours of teaching. What would you teach your kids? Um, I would teach them how to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. in those last 24 hours, how to speak up for themselves if they see something right, if they see something wrong, if something's not working out for them. Speaking up for yourself is a big thing, and I don't think that we don't we, we cover that enough in the classroom. And what we found when we asked that question was that none of it had anything to do with the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, to a point, like, well, what's the point of mm-hmm. teaching the curriculum if we're saying that this is mm-hmm. important? So why are we wasting the time doing mm-hmm. all this other stuff um, in the classroom? So the responses that we got were, was pretty interesting. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, um, teaching them empathy and mm-hmm. teaching them, you know, life skills mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And I always said that what we teach in school is, and we say we're preparing them for the real world. Mm-hmm. That's not, we're not mm-hmm. doing that mm-hmm. whatsoever. I mean, the, the educational system in the real world are two separate mm-hmm. uh, ent- entities. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really interesting. Yeah, I like when we showed them the video of the Muppets with the MLP, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that was really an eye-opener for them because they, they have these perspectives because, you know, Ernie and, and Elmo is really cute. Mm. But you start hearing Elmo and Big Bird talking about they want to rob people. <laughs> now, it's not so cute anymore. Right, so. right. But, um... That was interesting because everyone was looking at it like, they was like laughing and mm-hmm. like, oh, it's cute and da 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 And then we played the real mm-hmm. video and all of a sudden, the perception completely changed. Um, so it was really, really... Um, interesting the perspective mm-hmm. that they, they yeah, shout out to Kelly who, who continues to allow us to be as creative mm-hmm. as, as we can so I mean she doesn't put any caps or limits and say you guys can't do that mm-hmm. I mean it seems like every time we go down there we, we pretty much push the bar right. and see how far, far we be before they say you know what um, <laughs> you guys just don't come back <laughs> but she keeps inviting us back so shout out to them uh, her and uh, mm-hmm. Innovative School Summit will be down in San Antonio in November mm-hmm. um, have the opportunity to go to Vegas and of course back down to the A but we're going to definitely um, hopefully hit up some more things around this area pretty soon um, as far as educators are concerned. We have mm-hmm. our financial literacy program that yes. we got under the way. Yeah, shout um, out to Dr. Graham. Dr. Graham. diligently on that. Mm-hmm. So basically that program, what we're doing is we, uh, the kids will take a survey mm-hmm. and they will get assigned a job mm-hmm. uh, or a career um, and they'll get a salary and we'll take out stuff the taxes FICA and all that mm-hmm. stuff comes out of their check so they know what that means mm-hmm. and then they have to go around and purchase certain things like they have to get housing they have to get a car mm-hmm. insurance and all that stuff we even have we're going to call it the will of pettiness oh absolutely <laughs> listen I am going to have my input and whatever's going on in my life at the time you know what's going on, on the board absolutely so they can spend it they can hit the lottery for a couple bucks or their car can break down or mm-hmm. trump you're going to call some 
400. Oh, absolutely. So, yes. <laughs> everything that happened in Korea. In my life, absolutely. Yes. Oh, yes. Then you will get a $500 food bill. <laughs> so we went to the rooftop, part two. This was like uh, like three weeks ago. Right? Uh-huh. We went there for my brother and my sister's birthday. Right, so I already knew I was going to pick up the bill for them. Right. When they bought me the bill, it was two of them. Mm. The bill was 370 That's what the bill was. People just kept ordering stuff on my time. I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous. (laughs) So if you go out and you see Kareem out, make sure you put it on his tag because he got you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But now the financial literacy piece is coming out. And then um, at the end, Mm -hmm. they meet with a financial advisor to go over how they uh, spend their money and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. So it's built for middle school kids, but we can um, adapt it to high school kids as well. I'm actually bringing it to my elementary school. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, make sure you, if you're interested in your education, Make sure you hit us up at theempowermentperspective.com and we can mm-hmm. definitely get that program out to you uh, for sure. Um, so we have my daughter also on, on the show today and uh, we have our little show. What's the name of our show that we are working on? DTD stands for Daughter Teaches Dad. And what was the first episode that you talked about? Um, I taught you how to make slime. Mm-hmm. I watched that episode too. <laughs> I watched slime. It's good. So it you, good watch, you watched that episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to the table in the episode? Um, well, the glue was too heavy for the table, so the table fell over. Mm-hmm. Slime everywhere. I just got new furniture. It was all mm-hmm. new furniture. It was pretty funny. But um, we took a trip to Boston and uh, we went to, to Slime Fest. What happened at the Slime Fest? Um, well, there was a bunch of tables with, um, like, famous slime shops, and we, you could buy their slimes, and it was, um, it was really fun. Like, there was a DJ, and he was throwing a bunch of slime stuff out, like, if you were dancing really good. Mm-hmm. And we had the opportunity to meet the lady to, that, um, you know, put this whole thing on, and she said she made... I'm going to say it was under her daughter's name, but they made probably $20,000 in one day um, for that slime, and they had it for two days. So, um, yeah, so the Palmer Perspective Slime Fest is coming. (laughs) Slime, cuz can you hear this? Slime. Off of slime. That's crazy. Um, So what's the fascination with slime? Why? Don't say it's satisfying. What is it about slime that you like? I don't know. I just like making it. Mm. It's, I don't know. Mm. Now, mind you, they took over my garage, you know. I have a slimatorium in there right now. So, um, actually, for the parents out there, the reason why I let my kids do it is a lot of science in slime. Mm-hmm. I mean, and how they figure out how to mix certain things and what kind of slimes are there? Butter slime, what else do you got? Um, thick slime, clear slime, glossy slime, um, crunchy slime, and there's ooplex. It's not really a slime. What's like, that like saying? No, it's like it's a solid when like you touch it fast and then it's a liquid if you just hold it in your hands. Mm-hmm. And I actually made that in school once. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. What's your favorite slime? Um Petty slime. You should come up with the petty slime. Something out with some petty slime. Pick it up. It's all. What's your favorite slime? Um, I think it's glossy slime. 
glossy slime. So, again, parents out there, uh, what I try to do with my kids is just if they have an mm-hmm. interest in something, we go out there and we try to make it happen for them. Um, for parents out there, I believe that my greatest investment is my children. So mm-hmm. anything education-wise or anything that they want to do, um, I'll try to, me and my wife, try to make it happen. Uh, we spend a lot of money on sports and activities, mm-hmm. but they also understand that they got to get their schoolwork done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at the point now where my daughter actually just she will ask excuse me if I will check her homework like I never check her homework mm-hmm. it's always done um, but she has a question you're a doctor now yeah, I'm a doctor. she's qualified to <laughs> no, check homework yes, before yes. that she was like I don't know if you know how to do this stuff <laughs> right. but we have a milestone in the, in the family too mm-hmm. uh, my youngest one was in a tag program she made it and then uh, Simone made the gift and talent program for okay. GT. Okay. so um, she got a work cut out for her and mm-hmm. it's not something that uh, I don't want people to think that like we push them. Like we just we push them to the point where we see what they can do. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they're gonna get the work done themselves. But it's all about creating those routines and creating those habits in them mm-hmm. early. Um, and supporting them. Um, if you have a kid that's interested in business, mm-hmm. why are you waiting? Mm-hmm. You know, start something there. And that's what's interesting. Even when I when I talk to parents that I work with, um, and they tell me that their son or daughter may be interested in something, and I'm like, so why why are we not feeding that passion? Mm-hmm. Because if you continue to ignore it, now what happens is that the kid's going to find other interests, mm-hmm. and the other interests you may not like because it's going to bring around mm-hmm. friends so, uh, that you may not like. like. The other side of it is too is if you don't feed it, somebody's going to tell them that they can't do that. Mm-hmm. So what happens is a lot of these kids think about it. When you were growing up, a lot of them will say, I want, I want to be a doctor, I want mm-hmm. to be a lawyer or an astronaut. Somewhere along the line, someone killed that dream for them mm-hmm. because the parent didn't feed it. Mm-hmm. The kid decided, well, I'm not going to do that. And now, you know, they're struggling to find out what it is that they're going to do. So I'm a big advocate for whatever you, my kids are interested mm-hmm. in. And then, all right, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. I listen. I hate cheerleading. Mm-hmm. I hate it with a passion. <laughs> It's not sport. coming up. Too. <laughs> you guys start with August first. When's uh? Um, I think it's August. No, August um twenty fifth. That's late. Yeah, it is late. That is but late. um, I think you guys have your routines, but down by then. That's uh, late. I think you guys start like we, the first we week just, of August. Um, we just tried out like a month ago. So they got that going on. She's also playing soccer at the same time and, and mm. gift the program. Mm-hmm. You know, we just want to see what she can do and um, push it. But um, I will say this. Cheerleading is difficult. I can't do it. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a sport. But um, it's difficult. it has brought out my <laughs> daughters. You can emotional. Yeah, she getting emotional. Like a tear. I see, I see a tear coming down. Were you a cheerleader? What I was one? not a cheerleader, but I do think it's a sport. Why? It involves... Uh, did they get heckled? Heckled? Yes. What does that mean? Meaning that fans criticize them. Hey, yes, pitcher, yes. Pitcher got a rubber arm. <laughs> yes. What, the cheerleaders? Yes. What if they, they don't, say? like, hold right, if you don't stunt correctly. Yes. Yeah. That's a big thing. So, make sure I understand it. So, while they're doing a the routine, people are watching people are, and no, People are yelling at them, hoping that they fail. No. They're not they hoping that they fall, but if they fall, they're going to look and see who messed up there. So why is this a sport, buddy? Wait, go, let, let's let's go here. Why is cheerleading uh-uh. a sport? Why is it not a sport? No, you can't. Add, <laughs> you you got to answer the question first. It involves, you know, if there's athleticism in it. There are there's days you have to go, you have to practice, you have to work out, you have to you do a routine. Stuff, aren't you? No, it it's just as it's choreographed, just like 
Football's choreographed, isn't it? No. Yes, it is. Those plays no, you gotta are choreographed. You got to have instincts. But there, it's also choreographed. Yeah, and you cheerleading, you, you have can to have decide instincts you're going to run through the hole if you want to. No. You, you <laughs> might be there waiting on you get smashed. Like, you know what? I should have left. I should went to the right. Well, cheerleading's the same. If someone's falling, you have to move to the left or to the right to catch them. It's a very difficult competition. I will give you that. But for me to classify as a sport, <laughs> I, well, can, you have I can't have How about that? <laughs> They do have concession stands. No, I've been to the cheerleading yeah. things, and all the times that I go, the concession stand is not the same or equal when you go to a sport event. You didn't go to the right cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Wildwood Convention Center. I, I went to the one at Agarber Township High School. I was somewhere up in Philadelphia. I, I traveled the world for this little cheerleading thing, and it's not fun. You sit there all day. For three minutes. Yes, and then they perform, and you got to wait. And wait. And wait until they have their award ceremony. And God forbid if it's All-Star 1 is going to be there, because now All-Star 1 got like 5,000 kids. Mm-hmm. You have nothing. <laughs> I don't. You really hate cheerleading. <laughs> hate. Hate's a really strong yeah, so, word. Yeah, it's a strong word. Um, can you get scholarships with cheerleading? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get scholarships for so being good at algebra too. Yes. But, al- but it's different. It's not a sport. I don't. Well, it's not labeled as a sport. It's okay. Well, what do you think is a sport? If For me, I think it comes down to how it's scored. If it's objective scoring, meaning the ball goes to the net, it's a point. Hmm. If it's subjective scoring, I have an issue with that. Because we, we, all three of us can sit here and say something different. I can say that's a 1.2. You'd be like, that's a 10 and that's mm-hmm. a 7. Who wins? At the end of the day, it's subjective. It's like a slam dunk contest. Yeah. It's a contest. It's, it's a contest. Know. You don't know what a slam dunk contest is? I do know what that is, but oh. I, I do think it's a sport. It's okay. You can be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> I told her all year she was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I used to bust in the classroom during lunchtime with my group. Yeah, that's interesting. So let's get back to the classroom. Yes, sir. Um, the school year is about to come in a couple of months, actually a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And in terms of parents, how can how do you how can parents prepare their kids for the upcoming school year? From your perspective as a teacher, I can start as my perspective from a, as a parent. Oh, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, because you got to jump in because you're a parent now. Yes. Yeah. My children read. They follow mm-hmm. routines in the summer. There's lax time, there's family time, there's sports time, but then there's reading time and there's get work done in the house time. You hear that? No. Get work done in the house time. There's we have summer homework that they have to work on every day. I cannot do that. You have to get it done. <laughs> See, I'm light on you. We can take it easy on you. But we ask you to read, of course. The hardest thing I do during the summer is my summer reading. Mm. Like right now, I really don't like my summer reading. Book. Why don't you like you? Do, you don't like reading, or you don't like the book? I don't like the book. Like mm. I like comic books. I feel like from elementary school, you should be able to have um, a comic book as your summer reading. Coming from the elementary school. So it's important for you to read something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And why don't we assign them books that they like? Mm-hmm. Like, I've been trying to get people to read Iceberg Slim forever. <laughs> Him and Donald Cummins. I don't think that's school appropriate. <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to comment on that ball stuff that happens in school, but it's the true. I remember that when my cousin... He introduced me to um, Donald Bones. Mm. Right, so I really weren't a big fan of reading. But my interest in Donald Goins took me to other authors. Mm. 
and mm-hmm. I ended with like Cornell West and, mm-hmm. and Travis Smiley and reading their books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, like Simone said, that you have to have a strong interest. Mm-hmm. And if you, you do, now what happens is that that can transfer to other different types of genres. Mm-hmm. But if you want me to read a book that you picked out for me mm-hmm. in my free time, mm-hmm. I'm probably not, not going to read it. it. That's, that's like when the superintendent says, hey, here's a book on PLCs for the summer. Read this. <laughs> read that. Uh, I got you. Uh, the other thing, too, is you need to model it for your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. our kids see us reading all mm-hmm. the time. And right. I think that's why, you know, you know they'll pick it up and, mm-hmm. and start reading themselves. So what are you reading? Uh, right now, I'm actually reading, um, it's called Enlightened. It was a requirement that my daughter has to read to go into Rutgers, so I wanted to read it with her. It's very interesting. You want to run mm-hmm. No, but I want to read the book with her so that we can talk about it. And then she invited me to go watch the, the authors coming to the college and speak, and he's going to speak to all of the incoming freshmen mm-hmm. about the book. So I'm going to go with her, so I want to be prepared. Mm-hmm. What's the last book you read? Me? Yeah. Last book you saw from cover to cover? Read them out. Read a couple pages. Read a couple pages and keep moving. I read like four pages of Outliers the other day. That's funny. I'll put it down. Yeah. So what do you got, cuz? You got a new baby girl? Oh, uh, baby, baby boy. Actually. It's a boy? Yeah. It's a boy. He does look just like you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my son, he's only one years old. Um, mm-hmm. So we read. He sure is. Is a boy Why do I think he had a girl? I, I, the man knows what he had. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. He was born. I mean, sometimes you do. Sometimes they put an okie doke on you, and you think you get one, and you get another. Yeah, it's funny you say that because my father in law at our gender reveal or our baby shower, he actually bought them all girls stuff. I'm telling you. It's, so, it's somebody thought you had a girl. Everybody thought he was a girl, but um. Back to reading them. Um, so we read them books and mm-hmm. little like, you know, uh, Sam I Am, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of Dr. Stuff. Seuss. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very important even at a young age like mm-hmm. that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the kids are born with a blank slate. Mm-hmm. So, depending on what you feed them is what they end exactly. up kind of turning into. Um, exactly. So you said I wasn't born petty? No, you definitely was not born petty. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't born petty. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, somebody taught you how to be petty. I don't know what happened, but it did. Um, I'm trying to think. Last books I read, I read um, Connor's new book, um, something about love. I can't remember the title. And okay. I also read um, Lamar Odom's book. Really? Uh, Odom's yeah. book? Yeah, he has a book. And surprisingly, it was pretty good, okay. considering um, it wasn't about... Um, the situation with the Kardashian thing. I mean, that was the end of the book, mm-hmm. but it was more about, uh, it was a lot of mental health things. And, okay. and for people that are athletes and going through, um, you know, being recognized and, you know, getting scholarships and all the mm-hmm. pressures that come along with that, alongside with losing, you know, key family members, mm-hmm. and, and no one addresses the mental health aspect of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just expect them to go out there and perform and, and, mm-hmm. and, and do things. Mm-hmm. And you're really dealing with a lot of demons. And mm-hmm. then what happened with him, it just kind of spiraled out of control mm-hmm. um, at some point. Um, so that book was pretty decent. Um, Common spoke about the concept of love. Um, and it was a really interesting perspective because he starts out talking about his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was talking about being a father. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily he was a bad father, but his daughter called him one night in the middle of the night upset with him. Like, you wasn't there for me as mm-hmm. much as you, because he's touring and doing all this stuff. So then he started going on this journey just trying to figure out what that term love really meant um, in terms of what his relationship with his daughter. And then mm-hmm. that bled into other areas as well. So I highly recommend those two books. Mm-hmm. Um, the third book I would highly recommend is The, um, the Hate You Give. 
um, mm. which is a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of discussion online about that um, as well, um, especially educators. I think it's really important for you to read that book, not because of the police brutality that's in it, but the fact that these the, the young lady had to do this concept called code switching. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you can't really be who you really are in the classroom, and then you go to the community, you got to be somebody different, and then you go to um, you know home, you're you're basically have three or four different personalities mm-hmm. based upon. And a lot of my research talked about code switching so that's so really, let, really let, cool. let me ask this because you, you're talking about code switching uh, code switching why are teachers held to a different standard than any other profession mm. think about it so we, we have like lawyers and judges mm. right when they're not in their profession and they're out in the community they can pretty much do whatever they want mm. when you have police officers firemen like first responders mm-hmm. I have really close friends That are first responders mm-hmm. I don't hang out with them Because it becomes dangerous, dangerous. <laughs> For them I think it goes With the fact that You are with somebody's child Through their entire life For, for the term teacher You know what I mean there, there's, there's an adult That's in this child's life You're in that child's life More than the parents are When it comes down to hours And minutes and stuff So I think the expectations Is that you're always going to be in teacher mode, whether you're in a community, whether you're in a classroom. So why don't pay us then for right. working 24 hours a day? Well, that comes down to American values and the, and the, the concept oh, so of... We, we value you mm-hmm. in public, mm. but not at the bank. Yeah. I mean, and I think it comes down to capitalism, right? The system operates on winners and losers. Somebody has to lose in order for the system to work, correct? Mm-hmm. So you set up an educational system based upon grades and competition. Somebody's got to mm-hmm. lose at some particular point in time. And I think it kind of, all that stuff kind of blends together where, um, you know, we're not going to, yes, you're important, but the system itself is, I need a loser. So I need mm-hmm. to really keep you at a certain, I can't put you in this pedestal because you have too much power. Mm-hmm. I need you to sort of cultivate some losers in there somehow mm-hmm. in order for the system to maintain itself. But when you talk about the system, the system is is rigged because you, you have certain people that are going through, let's say that they had a death in the family, mm-hmm. but you still need to come to school mm-hmm. and perform. Right, you, you have domestic violence in your house, but you need to still go to school and perform. Hmm. You ain't had dinner in four days, hmm. but you know what? You still need to go to school, school and, perform. and perform. Yeah, I know you don't have clean clothes, but you know what? And you smell funny, but you still need to go hmm. to school and you need to perform. Hmm. Yeah, I know that you have a haircut, but guess what? You still need to go to school and perform. Meanwhile, when you have other people that don't have all those, that's called potholes, hmm. they still go and they still perform and they excel. But then the so-called people that we're looking at that we're hoping to be able to overcome a whole lot of barriers, mm-hmm. they have difficulty because this is where the mental health comes in, mm-hmm. the pressure. Yeah, and the system, like I said earlier, the, the school system is not a reflection of real life, right? So, for example, let's take something real small. You fail a test. Mm-hmm. Most times, no, teacher... He failed the test. I'm, I'm failing. He failed the test. Somebody at this yes. table yes. failed. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're not going to include me with no kind of failure. No. Somebody <laughs> failed the test. The teacher's going to say, you can't take that test over. But how many times in life have you failed at something and society has been mm-hmm. giving you multiple? Like, what we teach them in school is not what happens out in... I call it fantasy land. We, mm-hmm. we teach this fantasy world but what happens out there is not the same thing that happens inside of, mm-hmm. of, of the school system um, the system I don't know I, I'm kind of frustrated with it because I've seen both sides of the fence as a teacher mm-hmm. and now as administrator um, and I see the disservice that's happening I see the fact that 
it's a rat race to get through a curriculum where you got kids that are coming in with all these issues. I see all that. And then, well, let's let's because this is something that I, I worked on before the in the school year. So I, I can't bring up the student's name, but the student you know used to ride the bike to school, mm-hmm. right? And I remember listening to you, and you was like, I just don't feel that it's fair for me to have to give her a disciplinary action when all she was trying to do was to get to school. Come back to school. Yes. Come back so. To school. That's that right there. Just this really talks about the, I don't know. I guess I want to say the controversy mm-hmm. of are we always acting in the best interest of kids? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like this this girl and I and I seen a potential winner even in sixth grade. I'm like, listen, if you're able to get through this particular hurdle, like you're going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll be great. Agree. Yeah, for me it's a struggle. Because, like I said, i got to work within the system, but mm-hmm. the human side of me is saying, I know what this kid needs, mm-hmm. but I can't provide it for you because the system is telling me not to provide it for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and, that, and that's a huge struggle with me on a daily, daily basis. And, and you know, part of my job is suspending kids. And mm-hmm. if I know I'm sending you back to an environment. an environment that's unhealthy for you, I, I listen, I'll take it on the chain. I'll get slapped on the wrist all the time. No, I'm not suspending you. You're going to spend whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find some other alternative. But then I have teachers that will get upset because I didn't suspend them and all like and all the, the other parent and all that stuff. So I eat a lot of that stuff all the time. But I know that I'm not sending this kid back to mm-hmm. a safe environment. So why do it? I think we talk about this term of educating the whole child, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not coming close to that in education whatsoever because okay. the, the part of the child that exists outside of those four walls, we're, mm-hmm. not, we're not addressing those, mm-hmm. that, that situation. And to me, if you get to that point and, and address that, the mm-hmm. classroom's gonna take care of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and the kid's gonna wanna be there. They're gonna, and then you find stuff that, you know, they're engaged in mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They, these kids are, are really, really intelligent. Like I said, they're mm-hmm. born with a blank slate. But we, whether the system's doing it, whether there's an outside person doing it, somewhere somebody's feeding them something anti mm-hmm. to who they are. And then this is where we start to see certain things fall Can apart. Can I ask one question on mm-hmm. how, 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 I don't know how to word this, but how good is the um, relationship between teacher, parent, administrator, parents? It varies. It varies. Depends on who, what school. It depends on the community. It depends on a lot of things. Um, one of the things that I try to do as an administrator is one, I have to build a relationship with my staff. So I do things like adventure clubs mm-hmm. and have meetings outside of school and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also encourage them to go into the community. Like mm-hmm. you, if there's you have you need to go see where these kids live. You need mm-hmm. to know what they're about. You can't teach something that you don't know. So mm-hmm. you have to go to these areas and figure that those things out. And Again, it's a battle of the system thing. I can't require my teachers to go out do it. So mm-hmm. there's some that will do it, and there's some that won't do it. And mm-hmm. you know, and then you're still stuck with, you know, that that situation. So to me, I think that the whole concept of well, being a team, you know, it's supposed to be. And there's this belief that in the education community that if you build it, parents and everybody will come, right? Mm-hmm. So you have these events, and then you get mad because five parents show up. Right. Meanwhile, you have a community, number one, that is looking at the school system as anti, mm-hmm. right? So you have to build that relationship up. You, you have to go to them. They're not going to come to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Once you repair that, and it's a historical battle, especially within the black community mm-hmm. in terms of any establishment, their experiences, you know, they may have bad school experience, mm-hmm. or, and historically there's been issues like, of course I'm not going to go to the to somebody who I think is technically mm-hmm. the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to go to them and 
visit the churches, visit the community organizations, right. go out there, find the Miss Jones that is the matriarch of the community and sit down with them and have conversations with them. That's mm -hmm. how you start to build those. Once they see the school as an asset, mm -hmm. then they'll start to come. Then they'll start to do those things. But the way that we were doing things is, to me, is, is backwards. Mm -hmm. It's backwards. So in most cases, a, a teacher's career is about 25 years. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you come in, let's say you in second grade, by the time you have a child, right, your child's a possibility is going to be in that teacher's classroom. Mm -hmm. So if me and you don't hit it off, mm -hmm. now what happens is that when your son or daughter comes into my classroom, we're already at odds because we have this hatred for each mm -hmm. other of yeah. what we had in second grade. So now you go home and your mom is going to be feeding you all this bad information about right. what type of person I am. Right. I'm going to go home and I'm going to be mm -hmm. telling you know my family about what type of person you and your family is. So right. now what happens is that there's never going to be a mending right. of mm -hmm. that situation. And that child is going to be turned off from second grade all the way through. because they had a one bad experience. Mm -hmm. Really all it takes is one bad experience mm -hmm. with the teacher. And that's ballgame. But you can have the flip side, too, because I have teachers and parents that say, I want this teacher because mm -hmm. they, my mm -hmm. other child went through and had a great experience with them and those mm -hmm. things of that nature because that teacher did all mm -hmm. what I talked about. Right. The problem is, is that there's not a consistency Listen, in that. <laughs> I, probably, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Say it. We, we had, three years ago, I have to go back before I can't leave up Well, four years ago. We had a teacher they only had like four kids in their classroom like, and people were like upset mm -hmm. four kids all day no you had like four kids mm -hmm. all day. that's it that's how the numbers worked out that's it the teachers like yo other teachers like yo, i got 27 kids in my kids you got four, four. Mm -hmm. that's how it was going down yeah, yeah. so but again it's when everywhere. <laughs> but teachers i mean and like as robert said that first interaction that you have is going to be the deciding factor rather it's going to be a good 180 or bad 180 mm -hmm. and if you have a bad 180 like we say when we were down in, in our um, presentation you're going to be going to liquor store every day every day because the kids going to come to school just, just to get at you <laughs> that's what you yeah that's true that is so true I, I don't know it's to me, education is 90% relationship building mm -hmm. and 10% ABC. Mm -hmm. right. And I mean, so if I can reach a kid, I can get them to do anything that I want, want mm -hmm. them to do. But mm -hmm. I think the perception of school is, well, you need to learn math. You need to learn all these right. things. Uh, to me, that's I can care less with what they learn. One plus one is two. But mm -hmm. you want to enjoy coming to school and you feel like I can help you in some way. Mm -hmm. I can get you one plus one. Mm -hmm. But... I'm not gonna get there if you don't like me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> At the end of the day. So, um, and as administrator, it's, you know, talk about having four kids in the class or 26 in the class. I got 900 mm -hmm. kids <laughs> in the building. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, those are 900 relationships I gotta, and their parents I gotta try to develop. And mm -hmm. I, you can't, you're not gonna win them all because mm -hmm. everyone has different perceptions mm -hmm. of, of, of different things. But um, I try to pride myself on making a relationship with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so what what are some of the things that you do in your classroom to build relationships with your students? I try to find times outside of teaching time where kids feel comfortable enough to come and talk to me. Mm. So homeroom is a big time where I have kids that are able to stop in and come and see me and talk about 
what happened the night before, or what sports they did the night before, mm. what happened at home the night before, and then once we get through all of that, when it's time for class, then they're ready to come in and learn, because mm. I've taken the time to listen to them first. Gotcha. Simone, who's your favorite teacher? Um, I already know, but <laughs> the world needs to know. My second grade teacher. Who, what's his name? Shout him out. Mr. Sievis. Mr. Sievis. Why is Mr. Sievis your favorite teacher? He was funny, and in first grade, I was really shy, and he got me at like, now that I had him, like, I'm, like, I can talk more and, like, Yeah, you wouldn't have been on his podcast back then. <laughs> 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 it's awesome. But that just goes to show you it's not about the content, right? Mm-hmm. So for her, it's like, you know, that's my favorite teacher because, one, I felt safe and mm-hmm. felt like he enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process, and um, now I can go on and do certain things, and he... Part of the reason why she's not shy when she won't shut up, but <laughs> that's just all good though. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, like I said, it's a relationship building, mm-hmm. and that that's ninety nine percent of the of the battle as a teacher mm-hmm. is that. Um, let's go into why you chose to go into education. What was that? Why did you choose this career? I actually, when I first went to college, I started off majoring in nursing, and then I realized that it wasn't for me. That's not what I wanted. I wanted to make an impact, but I didn't know how I needed to make that impact. And mm-hmm. I thought nursing and working with different people, that would be a good way to meet different people. But it didn't work out. So I, I thought about it for a while, and I went into the education field, and I, I really loved it. I didn't graduate with a, anything in special ed, but I got hired in special ed, and I went back and got my master's in special ed because I, I found that I loved it that much. Really? Yeah. Wow. Let's talk about Let's go back because... <laughs> I'm on this um, chat uh, with a bunch of teachers, and then some of them, now's the time people are getting hired or not getting mm-hmm. hired. Talk about that process of getting a job as a teacher. Like, what are what were some of the things that the interview, like, what could a new teacher ex- expect in these interviews? When I went for my interview in Egg Harbor Township, because I was <coughs> interviewing against teachers that were special ed qualified and I wasn't, mm-hmm. I knew that there was no way in the world mm-hmm. that I was going to get hired. So I went into the interview, and I, I wasn't even nervous because I knew that there was no way. So I went in with my portfolio, and I talked the whole time. I talked about my experience at Pleasantville. I talked about the relationships that I formed with my students and the teachers and the administrators, and I just sort of talked my way through it. And the next day, I got a phone call, and they were like, that was the best interview we've had in a long time. Would you be willing to go back and get special ed? certified yeah, it's, it's, see, yeah and I, I was talking to a, a lady today or chatting with her and she didn't get the job or whatever and she was upset and pissed off about it she was like well I told them how I would do my classroom and the stuff the way I would teach I said you went in with the wrong perception mm-hmm. like I said it's relationship building mm-hmm. and I said you have to establish how you're going to form no relationships but also it's a culture and climate thing like are you, as an administrator, and I, I interview people all the time, like, are you a good fit for not only the school, but the teachers you're also going to mm-hmm. be working with? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big piece of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, some people go into interviews nervous. They go in there, like, to me, it's as much as an interview for me as it is for school. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to make a decision, well, do I want to work here or not? Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of... Uh, interviews. I wish I could have got up after the second question because I knew I couldn't work with it. But I, I just stuck through it and, and you know sucked it up. But um, you know, I, I, there's a whole lot we can talk about it with interviews. But as far as 
being a teacher and going and like I can teach you how to teach. Mm-hmm. I can't teach you how to be passionate about I've heard those kids. that in my education mm-hmm. classes. I heard the exact same statement. I can teach you. I can't teach you. I can teach you how to teach, but I can't teach you how to work with the kids and out. interact with the students. Absolutely, absolutely. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Summer's coming to an end. You looking forward to going to school? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> uh uh-uh. We got some actually it's not coming to an end. We still got more more than a month left of summer. We gotta get that reading done though. No, but like I feel like I just don't want to read. Hmm. And um, I'm very nervous for school. Why? Like because I got into tag honors class, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to a whole new building. Middle school. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest concern about going to middle school? Um, say like switching classes, and like I feel like I'm afraid that I won't make it to sixth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I give you some suggestions? First person that looked at you all, just smack them. Smack. Don't. Or tell Jay to smack. <laughs> Day one. Day one. You got to set the tone early. You got to smack. Don't do that. Also, I'm afraid that no, I want... No, afraid. Like, no, no, no fear. Like, I want to be with my old friends. Like, I want to be in the same class. And if we're not in the same class, um, because, like, I feel like one of my friends, she's moving away, well, she might, to um, North Carolina. And I might not be able to see her again. Road trip. FaceTime. FaceTime, yes. <laughs> no, your dad has money, a flight. <laughs> and he'll pay for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, even still, like, your big, her biggest fear is, is social stuff, mm-hmm. emotional stuff, not necessarily academic mm-hmm. stuff. So I think, you know, educators, we need to pay way more attention to to the social-emotional mm-hmm. aspect of what we do more so than trying to get through a curriculum. It's, it's tough because... You know, we we have this stuff that we have to teach. And if we spend more time, if, look, even in today's time, our, our children are spending more time in social type activities mm-hmm. than they do on academic. Mm-hmm. Then they don't take a break from the social activities. Mm-hmm. It's 24 it's 7. I got you. I got to be with them. They got to talk to them. I got to see mm-hmm. what they're doing. I got to follow them on Twitter or Snapchat. You don't mm. just turn the phone off. Turn it off. Sometimes my battery just goes dead. <laughs> you turn it off on purpose. Nah, but um, you gotta break away from yeah. that. Well, Sometimes so, you have to spend time with yourself and get to know you. Get yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. but that really plays into like the the social emotional because if you're not connected with you. Now what happens is that you become connected with someone else, mm-hmm. and now you start to mimic them. You start to dress like them. Mm-hmm. You start to talk like them. You know, to the fact that you're no longer you. Mm-hmm. So you're not even setting yourself apart because you're so busy trying to blend you're in. Blend in. You know, sometimes you got to stand back and, and be you. Be you, and it's okay to walk away from certain things and leave certain friends behind mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. Because, uh, like you said, if you don't like yourself, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna like you. I, I, have, I have one student that the entire building is afraid of. She always wants to fight. Mm. Why? Because she smacks my own. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's it. That's every, everybody, everybody's afraid of her now. <laughs> like, can you talk to her? Like, why, why can't you talk to her? Good. She make it mad at me. You're an adult. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is too funny. 
Interesting. So you you got kids going to college? Your this is your oldest going. My to oldest college? is going to college. Yeah. And I, how do you feel about this as a parent? I'm excited for her. Really? Yes, yeah, so I'm super. I we you know I did what I needed She's to do and I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to college too with her. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm I'm excited for her. We've talked about it. She had a rough last year of high school. Mm-hmm. She did all of that stuff that we usually do mm-hmm. during high school. She mm-hmm. waited for the very the end. end. She got it all out and. Uh, and she learned a lot from it, and I learned a lot from it as a parent, and I'm excited for the future. I, we talk all the time about, you know, this is the beginning, this mm-hmm. is you and yourself, and what you're going to do as an adult. So I'm, I'm really proud of her. I'm happy for her. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably the first parent that I've talked to that is excited that their kid's going off the couch. Mm. Everyone else is crying. Oh, no, you stayed home. I'm trying to get this one to go away. <laughs> Early, already. <laughs> she want to go to Rome. I'm like, no, go to California. Hawaii sounds nice. Sounds paper. I, I, know it says, I know it says community college, but sign it down. <laughs> It'll get you registered. No, but that's another thing, too. Like, we talk about college in our in our family. Like, it's mm-hmm. the, it's now an expectation. And not, not, I know everyone's not built for it, but mm-hmm. even still, having those types of conversations at an early age is mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they know about college. They know what it's about. They know you know that someday that they're going to go. And, and well, th- here's here's my thing when it comes to that. I think that you know we, even though we put emphasis that everybody should go to college, everybody should go to college mm-hmm. because it gives you those years at eighteen to twenty two. Those years are so crucial in your mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. The friends that you make from eighteen to twenty two mm-hmm. become your friends that you're gonna be with forever. Yes. And the biggest thing in college to me is networking. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't learn anything new in college that I didn't mm-hmm. already know in high mm-hmm. school. But and I talked to we had on season two, my brother with uh, uh she she, he had, mm-hmm. you know, people like um uh who was his uh what's the guy, Tesla guy? Oh, I knew you're talking about um what is his Elon name? Elon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Elon Musk. Elon so he Musk. was in the classroom with him. The owner of, uh, and one was in the class mm-hmm. with him. Like, he went to the school with all these people. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have the ability to network with them because no one taught him how to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, so the people that you, you know, go to college with is more of an asset once you start networking because they're going to get a job. They're going to mm-hmm. go out and do certain things and you can start working with them. So that's what I learned the most about college. You know, that, mm-hmm. And, you know, finding myself as mm-hmm. an individual and being on my own and mm-hmm. having to do my laundry and mm-hmm. I can't call my mom and, you know, mm-hmm. if I could, but she wasn't coming up there to, <laughs> to rescue me. Like, I had to figure it out. So uh, it is definitely, to me, again, not academics. It's mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. <laughs> social, emotional, and mental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it prepared me for uh, going out and getting a job and mm-hmm. living on my own. It was the best four years of my life. I would go back right now. Right, right now. <laughs> Start over. Now, at 43, I would go right now. <laughs> live in a dorm and uh, have fun with it. But um, You take a dorm over an apartment? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going grimy. I'm going grimy. <laughs> I spent three years. We called it the Peabody Projects because it was the oldest dorm in there. And it was this. I spent three years in there. The best, best three years ever. You don't want to like live down Center City? No. You know, I'm living in a dorm. Dorm. Yep. Dorm. Yep. With a roommate. With a roommate? <laughs> yep, from California. From California. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You ready for a roommate? Um, yeah. I kind of. It depends on who. Like, well, I'm going to be your roommate. <laughs> Daddy moved it. He's it was that. It was a movie. Uh, back to school. Yeah, back mm-hmm. to school. No, mommy to be your roommate. No, no. 
you take daddy over no, mine. No, I do not want anyone who I'm related to to be <laughs> my roommate. Especially that lives in the same house as me right now. I'm taking that person. Um, I don't even think it's directed towards you. I think it's directed to the sister. That's what I think it is. I don't want you around me anymore. I'm trying you to get away. You're already roommates for the most part. I mean, well, Y'all I'm trying to kick her out. You're trying. Like, like, I have my own room and, like, my own space, but she is in there 24-7. It's called the younger sister. Welcome. You're the older sister. She's always going to be following you mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So enjoy it. Embrace it like you have. Um, we also are trying to plan um, a big podcast on um, some social issues mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the black community and police. Um, mm -hmm. Meek Mill's documentary is coming out. Um, and we're going to watch that and have a podcast discussing uh, that topic and uh, some things that are affecting our community for sure. Um, some other things in the works um, I'm actually We're going to have a community day In my old neighborhood I just had a meeting the other day um, Where uh, we're going to go back And block off the street And have a little block party For okay. people back in my neighborhood We're going to have podcasts out there um, To let the world know about that um, And hopefully uh, that should be the end Of me filming my documentary mm -hmm. um, And that will be coming out uh, Once I get that edited And things of that nature um, our financial literacy program, don't forget that, um, mm -hmm. under our Empowerment Youth um, Series. Um, so any schools that are interested in the organization are interested, make sure you hit us up at theempowermentperspective.com. Um, so we got to teach kids about money. It's really, yes. really important. I like um, money. I like spending you, money. You like spending money. Um, my kids are now earning uh, allowance. And what are you saving your money for? For a new phone. <laughs> a yeah. new phone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I, what kind of phone are you planning to buy? The same phone I have, but like... It's not working right now. Yeah. Correctly. Oh. But um, teaching them the value of money okay. um, and, you know, work and getting those things um, together. I, I, about a year ago, I was on, I know we talked about it on a radio show, I had to actually do a proposal for mm -hmm. her, her friend's birthday party. So it's little stuff like that to mm -hmm. teach them about money. Um, another thing I would advise parents to do is to start portfolios if you can for your kids. Mm -hmm. uh, they have more money than I have right now, so mm -hmm. they're actually invested in things. Um, I haven't taught them yet how to move money. They know okay. the basic concept of it. But these are some things that you can do. And, and, and I'm not talking about a whole lot of money. Like you, If you can afford $10 a month to put mm -hmm. in their portfolio, then you do that. Set up an E-Trade account and mm -hmm. learn money and learn about how, teach them how money can make money for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and residual and, income. Right, and all that stuff. Um, the other piece, speaking of finances, is have multiple revenue streams. I always tell people mm -hmm. that Nike don't just sell sneakers. Mm -hmm. They sell, sell a bunch of different things. So your family unit, if you're looking at generating money, don't just look at one avenue. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am a vice principal. That's just one way that I generate money. But there's other avenues that I generate money for mm -hmm. our, my family. And those are things that we're trying to teach our kids um, at this particular point and saving and spending wisely and all that stuff. That's a good book. Really is cool. um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes. It's a really good Absolutely. book for... And he has a teenage version as well that, mm. you know, it really simplifies, you know, the money and, and mm. being able to spend it, make sure you're spending it wisely. Yeah. So it's used as a tool versus, you know, something else you just want to have in your pocket. Absolutely, absolutely. The information is out there. You guys know what to do. This is a matter of doing it mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. Um, I want to close by, I do have to take a personal story. I meant to say this a little bit earlier. Um, I'm in this space right now, like, if someone helps me, I at least say thank you to that person. Mm -hmm. This is a polite thing to do. 
Um, I'm in this space right now. I've gotten so many people jobs and mm-hmm. helped them out with certain things. And lately, probably about four or five people that I've helped didn't say thank you. Mm. And I, I'm feeling a little bit personal, like, you know, get a little angry about it. Mm. Like, and I know I should be giving and not expecting anything in return. I'm not asking for a gift. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, thanks. Good looking out. One of those things, but they, I, I feel like some people are, just feel like they're entitled to certain things. Hmm. But at the end of the day, if I didn't make that phone call, if I didn't write whatever I wrote for you, mm-hmm. you probably would not have had that job. So should I be taking that personal? When somebody doesn't say uh, thank you. It's, 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 it's tough because I know you go out your way, you try to help as much as possible. Um, I'm not even too sure if that person or persons even know that that's something that they're supposed to do. Mm. So you can only take it personal when you know that someone knows better mm. and they're supposed to do better. But if you don't know, mm. how am I, like, even when I have to go another petty move, like, okay, you didn't know that I was coming. You didn't know my name was supposed to be on the badge. Right. But now you know. Now you so know. when I show up now, you've got to make sure that my name is spelled correctly. Yeah, it makes sense. The other thing is, don't ask for help when you really want somebody else to do it for you. Mm-hmm. That's another big thing that I've been going through uh, mm-hmm. lately. Like, you know, people asking me for help. I will give you help. I'm not going to give you the answer that you want me to tell you. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you what I think will help you mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. Um, and I'm not going to bail you out. I'm not going to, you know, do things that I, at the end of the day you're not going to learn how to fend for yourself from. So mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, say thank you to people. Word thank you is it goes mm-hmm. a long way. And be appreciative of, of those people that, that do step out and help help mm-hmm. you. And, um, and if you ask for help, be willing to put in work for it, too. Oh, absolutely. For sure. So, Ms. Roberts, we thank you for being on the show. Wasn't that bad, was no, it? Not too bad. And welcome. See that? Yes. Welcome to the group. Thank you. So you have the itinerary. So you, you have, like, you're going to San Antonio. Okay. Then we're in Atlanta. Wonderful. And then, then Vegas and anything else that pops up. And then Saturday. <laughs> Saturday podcast. Okay. Calendar's full. The calendar okay. is filling up. Do you understand what you're trying to get yourself into? Uh, but I think you, you have a lot to offer people. You mm-hmm. have a kind heart, a big heart, and I think that, you know, we could do some wonderful things with the Empowerment Perspective Group. We're looking for a strong female that's going to tame him down a little bit, <laughs> be, be, the, be the balance a little bit of the pettiness. Um, but no, I think you definitely, the information that you gave us for, uh, for Atlanta was, was uh, definitely useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have a voice that needs to be heard. So Absolutely. Um, if you're willing to be a part of this thing, um, you know, we're definitely welcome you aboard. We do things a little differently, though. So you know. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no paper, no <laughs> notes anywhere. Nothing, nothing. And he might call me and be like, "Yo, we gotta go do a podcast mm-hmm. over here." And we just yeah, like we in my look. I'm in my home. <laughs> Why don't you guys just come on yeah, out? Do no podcast. But uh, but they, thank you for spending some time with us. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't know if you want to shout out your sister's place. Oh, yes, Elsie's in Haddon Township. Pe- pickle sandwiches. Pickle sandwiches. Pickle sandwiches. What do you think about a pickle sandwich? Um, it doesn't sound that fast. <laughs> what's the how, um, what's the location of it? It's uh, 803 White Horse Pike in Haddon Township. Uh, make sure you go to Haddon Township. Mm-hmm. You can go see Miss Roberts down there and, and 
You see how tall she really is in person. Get some pickle sandwiches. Uh, so shout out to them. Um, I heard some big things in the future for them. We're not going to let the cat out of the bag right now, but um, they're doing some wonderful things down there. So again, support your local businesses. Um, if you're in Jersey, make sure you check them out. Pickle sandwiches. Yeah. New thing. No bread. No bread. No bread. I need to eat bread lately, so that might be a good thing. I love it. That's awesome. So season three off to a good start, mm -hmm. and then um, hopefully you know you might see it somewhere big. I ain't gonna say where yet, but somewhere <laughs> big. So until next time, stay empowered.